Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the oh my gosh, I editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. Uh, I forgot who I was. Do you believe that, uh, Trev? I totally forgot who I was. Uh, I'm the editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. It's how long it's been. This is just you know, this is our, I'm sorry everybody, uh, just bad memories today. It's, uh, the Super Bowl really knocked it out of me. Uh, anyway, well, thank you for joining us on the show. With me as always is our famous co-host from around the podcast world, from full press coverage and rep the district, and right here at Football Garbage Time, Trevor Stores. How are you doing, Trev? <laughs> yeah, that might have been the best opening ever, bro. I'm so I totally mad. blew it. <laughs> I just like... You literally that was a, forgot what you were doing, like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like one of those times where you get... You know when you have like that brain fart and then everything yeah. just doesn't make sense for a second? Yeah. And you're like, wait, what the hell am I doing again? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing a podcast and I uh, just in the middle of introducing myself, I forgot what I was doing. That's... Dude, oh man, man, I got this early. Uh, I heard this isn't a trend. Guys, I hope this isn't a trend. <laughs> Not good. Not that good. Was funny. That was oh funny. man. So, anyway, Trev, it has been a wild, wild uh, Super Bowl. And, uh, and we've had a couple of days to sit on it now and think about yep. it because yep. uh, I kind of, you know, there, I, we did a, I did a quick instant reaction on the website and I saw a lot of people take quick takes. So, we've had some time to think about it now. I think this is a good time for us to kind of break it down. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm here. Yeah, and I think what we're also going to do today is talk about the free agency situation for the Eagles and the Chiefs. Because I'm sure the number one thing that Eagles fans are thinking right now is, I, I you know, I can't wait till next season because I want to get back up there to the Super Bowl. And I can tell you, I got a friend who, like, mortgaged the house, basically, to get out there to watch this game as an Eagles fan. And he's not happy with the results. <laughs> yeah, how could he be? Yeah, I mean, just to put it mildly, just to put it mildly, obviously he's a, he's a Philadelphia fan, so you know he was a, a lot more expressive than that. Uh, yeah. But I think the bottom line is he wasn't happy. All right, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling because we got a lot to talk about today. And let's start with the Super Bowl. All right, so everyone knows Super Bowl 57 uh, ended up with the Chiefs beating the Philadelphia Eagles in the last minute field goal, and there were some questions about the last holding penalty, but I think that's all been settled now since uh, even James Bradbury has admitted to holding (laughs) Juju Smith-Schuster on that last play. So that being said, Chiefs managed to eat out a win 38-35, to really close game, a lot closer than many had anticipated, and of course that is the opposite of what I had predicted because I had predicted the Eagles uh, based on their defense. Defense didn't do what they were supposed to do. I mean, they had the third most sacks in the regular season, uh, sorry, third most sacks in a regular season in NFL history, mm-hmm. and yet got exactly zero sacks of yeah. MVP Patrick Mahomes uh, last Sunday. So what do you think here? We'll start with you, Trev, on what you thought were the key plays in the game that really impacted the uh, result. The result? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say every catch by Juju Smith-Schuster. And yeah. And that's the, you know, I will elephant in the room, the penalty on the last play to set him up for the win. But every right. catch he had, I think it was four for four, and they were all for first downs. 
crucial first downs on those uh, touchdown driving drives in the second half. Uh, yeah. This is great because he was, he, you know, he went there as a free agent, kind of didn't really do too much there, got banged up, and got healthy enough to come back and play in the Super Bowl and win his first ever ring. That was pretty good. I also want to link that with uh, Pacheco's running, like almost all his running plays, he ran so hard. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, it was just like he just wanted to get the first down. I wanted to gain yards no matter what. And then obviously the uh, Pat Mahomes scramble. I mean, bum ankle. That was so clutch. So I mean, clutch. so clutch. Yeah, like two of them, I believe, but the one that was for like over 20 yards. Yeah, 26 was, yards. Yeah, it was just amazing. It was all downhill. Uh, sprained his ankle 45 times between the first time in the Super Bowl and he still managed to pull that run off. It was just amazing and set him up for the – for the field goal and all that rest of that stuff. So, I think yeah. So, you know, talking about Juju, I mean, he really, really stepped it up uh, yeah. in that last drive. I mean, it was basically three um, targets there uh, that mm-hmm. really kept the drive alive early on at a second and seven. He had a 10 yard catch, which was critical at moving the chains. He had yeah. another one on second and eight uh, for 15, you know, for, uh, for that, that he moved the chains. He had this, the penalty, obviously, James Bradbury, who admitted to the defensive holding, by the way, so let's not let's put that to bed now. I know that yeah. was hotly debated, but James Bradbury took the high road after the uh, after this rule was over. He actually stood by his locker for 20 minutes, uh, talking about it. You know, he said he, he yeah. flat out lost him in coverage, and he was hoping that he could tug on his jersey and, and hope that the refs were gonna were gonna let him play it out. I mean, he didn't think it was like you know, serious, but he, he yeah. acknowledged it was a hold and, and that's the way it is, you know? So let's all put that to bed. Uh, and James Bradbury, yeah. you know, otherwise played a, a really good game, right? Let's not, let's not mm-hmm. short shrift him. And um, I think that uh, Jason Kelce came out afterwards and he said, you know, that's, that's what I want my, my co I want the, the players that I play with to, to play of heart and to, to do everything they can. Uh, and I don't blame him for it. You know, I mean that, that he, right. wouldn't, you know, so I think at the end of the day, uh, we can put that one to bed, but I agree. Juju stepped up huge, absolutely yeah. huge in this game. And it was all because I think, and this is kind of what we're talking about last time. Cause you know, the, the Eagles like to play that split high safety, but it's not really effective if the front four can't get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem, right? I mean, the front four yep. couldn't get to Mahomes. Mm-hmm. only five no QB hits, zero sacks. That's no insane. Shot. You no, know, compared to what they've been doing all season long and what they did uh, last week, I mean, obviously uh, Brock Purdy, unfortunate, but what they did to all the 49ers quarterbacks and what they did to uh, Daniel Jones uh, b- before that, I mean, it's unheard of. The Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, I just want to talk about that for a second. I think they played out of their mind. You're I think sure the Kansas right? City offensive line played out of their mind here. Um, so that, that's where I, I think is, is the key here. Let me ask you one more thing here, because Jalen Hurts, uh, this is a little bit controversial because he did, I thought, everything he could to win the game, but he was also responsible for losing the game. I mean, 304 passing yards and a touchdown, 70 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and a rushing two-point conversion. You can't really ask for your quarterback to do much more than that, but he did lose the ball he did. Uh, as you're in the first half, and that led to a scoop and score with um, 9.48 left in the first half. Uh, and he just flat out dropped it. Uh, yeah. And that changed the, the entire dynamic sure. of the game. You know, yeah. I mean, it was 14-7 with the Eagles leading, and they're driving. If they go up 21-7, this is going to be a much different game 
but the scoop and score makes it a tie game and you know the rest is history and the, and the difference in the game is three points so this is a, that's a big deal right there so oh, what do dude. you think Jalen Hurts I mean can you blame him for that I mean he did everything he could on the field you know that I mean just a historic performance on the field but then the one uh the flat out drop that fumble uh, might have been the difference in the game um, how do you judge Jalen Hurts performance in the Super Bowl I think he played lights out um, but I, I will backlash a little bit on the rushing touchdowns. They were all 10 yards or less. It wasn't like <laughs> he was running for 20 or 25 yards rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah. it is yeah, what yeah. it is. Um, but not only did he, did he drop the ball on the fumble, but if you notice in the second half, the, the Chiefs quarterback pressure was there a lot more than it was in the first quarter. I mean, it was yeah. there for him to make that fumble because he was trying to switch the ball to the other hand but lost it. But second half, they were rushing him and getting him uh, rolling out to his left handed and if anybody is throwing a football as a quarterback rolling out to your left is and making a pass with your right arm is way harder than rolling out to your right making a pass with the right arm no and doubt it caused him to be flustered and throw some incompletions and stuff so i mean yeah he did everything on paper in the first half to do what you have to do but if you throw for 300 yards only one touchdown and you rush for that you still lose by three it's it, you can't put that on him like he did everything he could so you got to go like what you said the offensive line for the chiefs well, in the offensive line for the Eagles, which was so good with the run game. Yeah. Uh, season, they got they kind of went away with that in the second half and made Jalen a, a pocket passer. You saw what happened. He got rushed, incomplete passes, flustered, and he just couldn't create uh, get first downs anymore. So. Yeah. You know, what's so you bring up a really good point here, Trev, and that's the running game um, for Philadelphia. Only 3.6 yards per carry. That's yeah. combined. So that's with Jalen Hurts. And his seventy rushing yards, right? Exactly. So if you take Jalen, you take Jalen Hurts and his seventy rushing yards out, and between Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and Boston Scott, they had a sum total of forty-five Ooh. rushing yards. And forty-five all rushing yards all week. They're going to run the ball down the throat. Run the ball. Run yeah. the ball. Run the ball. Can the Chiefs right. stop the run? Can the Chiefs stop the run? Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's crazy, <laughs> and and they averaged under two point seven yards per carry. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's horrific. I mean, that's horrific. And, and, I, and I, this is going to be a lot of talk, and we'll talk about this in a moment as well, because Miles Sanders uh, is an unrestricted free agent, I believe. So, there's, so I mean, there's a lot or, or coming down to the last day, year of his, his deal, at least. But uh, like the, this, this is a big question mark to me. I mean, uh, Miles Sanders showed up with seven carries and 16 yards. Uh, <sighs> Kenneth Gainwell, seven carries and 21 yards. Boston Scott, three carries for eight yards. Um, in the passing game, not much better across the board. You know, only about let's see, five receptions altogether. Uh, Miles yeah. Sanders didn't even make his one reception, one target into a reception. So, I mean, that ground game killed them. I mean, I think that if you look at it and you turn it back around, you compare that and you say the Eagles have the number one pass defense in the NFL. And mm-hmm. what did Patrick Mahomes do? He completed 21 of 27 passes for 182 yards and three touchdowns. That is a passer rating of 131.8, <laughs> which is way better. Than his last two performances in the Super Bowl combined. So Which I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Stats, it seems like he had to work so hard to get to 35 points, and Pat Mahomes yeah. throws for less than 200 yards and three touchdowns, and they win by three and score just as much as points. Like, That's right. I just, it's just, it's just wild. It's just wild. I mean, yeah, they did everything they were supposed to do. They kept Pat exactly. Mahomes for most of the game. Like, yep, yep. Oh, that they first were, that first half, man, dude, that was home. insane. The the, <laughs> the 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 time of possession in the first half 
was yeah. like thir- it was 22 to 8 minutes. Like yeah. they literally had almost three times the amount of time on offense than the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was on the field for eight minutes and he was injured for about two of them. <laughs> so yeah. like unbelievable what it they were able to do in terms of milking the clock, but yet they weren't really effective on the ground. And Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, you pointed this out, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, 15 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown, averaging 5.1 per carry. And even Patrick Mahomes had six carries for 44 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per carry. Jerick McKinnon had four carries for 34 yards, averaging 8.5 yards per carry. They averaged 6.1 yards per carry against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is exactly what we talked about in our breakdown. Is the, the, you know, that's the issue. That's the vulnerability with the Eagles' defense. But we thought that the Eagles' defense was going to step up in terms of pass pressure, and it didn't. It just absolutely no, didn't. You know? It's just I, crazy. Oh, I mean, Hassan heard, Reddick. I don't know. He two, yeah, Hassan Reddick. He just disappeared. Yeah, he just absolutely disappeared. disappeared. Yep, exactly. So Fletcher Cox, the whole D line, Hargrave. Yeah. Like, not oh fair. my gosh, it was insane. You you look at this. I'm look. You know, you look at the stats, and like each of those guys had like one tackle apiece. You know, Hassan Reddick had two quarterback hits. Didn't get any pass pressures in. I mean, this is wow. that's unheard of. That's unheard of, and that is really the problem right there. Is that yep. they absolutely did not live up to their number one pass defense. And the problem is that they, and we talked about this, they won by not blitzing. They won by having the four front four put pressure on the quarterback. And of the 70 sacks they got in the regular season, I believe 56 of them were done without bringing the blitz. So those four guys were getting in there every single time, every single time, more, more often than any other group, even with the blitz. So when you talk oh. about that and what the, what the Kansas City Chiefs did, that's amazing. And another another play that altered uh, the result of the game, the punt returned by Kadarius Toney. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're surrounded by seven, six or seven green jerseys, and you let that man escape all the way down to the five-yard line, and yeah. he was barely running. Like, I don't know if yeah. you, like, watched it. Like, he was – there was not a full sprint. He was, like, jogging no. down the No, he, he was picking his way through it. Right. He yeah. was like, and. I mean, it was. Let, let's give let's give credit to where credit is due with Kadarius Tony though, because he, mm-hmm. he that play that punt return was built to go left, and he went left, and their Eagles were ready for that, and it was his athleticism that yeah. allowed him to reverse field and go the other way, and because of that, he basically created a convoy around him of Chiefs players because they were oh, all kind of flat-footed in the middle of the field. Eagles actually, I mean, I think the Eagles actually reacted too fast. They got yeah. there so quickly that he managed to see that and say, you know what? I'm going to reverse field. If I get to the other side, there are no Eagles on the right side of the field. And that's exactly what he did. 65-yard punt return with 10.33 left in the fourth quarter. That is actually the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Longest punt return in Super Bowl history. The last one uh, that was anywhere close was Jordan Norwood of the Denver Broncos. He had a 61-yard punt return against the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 50. This was 65 yards by Kadarius Tony, and absolutely key the Chiefs had just taken a one-point lead less than two minutes before that, and that basically forced the Eagles to go uh, aerial after that to make sure yeah. to try to catch up. And they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. And they did. And that's the crazy thing about it, because Hurts hit Devontae Smith for a 45-yard reception of 545 left in the fourth quarter, topped it off by running in a two-point conversion, and we said, here we go. Uh, the Eagles did everything. You know, I mean, they did everything they were supposed to do. So, um, you know, it, it's absolutely it's amazing. Uh, at the end of the day, I would say this is one of the top, at least top five Super Bowls that yeah. I've seen because yeah. I feel like 
it was well matched. Uh, the narratives were really interesting, and on the field, it was a it was haymaker after haymaker. It was two yeah. title match teams. When you thought somebody was comfortable, 24-14, Philly was like, okay, this might, you know, Philly might take it. But, you know, yeah. they'll make a comeback if Philly will take it. Then it was 35-27, yeah. Kansas City. Okay, yeah, Chiefs are rolling. They're up by eight. Like, they're rolling. Nah, neither team let that happen after for, like, two minutes of feeling that way. So, like, yeah, yeah. hands down one of the best Super Bowls ever. It's just you got to get pressure on Pat Mahomes. If you give that yep. man time, he's going to kill you. Absolutely, absolutely. The only turnover was the key turnover. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, it, it was it was a perfect game played yeah, by both sides. Uh, and 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 look at and look at the Philadelphia and everybody was talking about Jalen Hurts and his throwing shoulder and is he going to be okay? Three hundred and four yards passing. You know, I mean that's yeah. and Devonte Smith. Oh my goodness, he he reminded us about why he was a top draft pick two years ago. Seven receptions for a hundred yards. A.J. Brown, 6 for 96 and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, 6 for 60. Even Kenneth Gainwell getting in the action, 4 for 20. I mean, there, was, there wasn't a lack of firepower here. That was no. not it. That was not it. Um, and, and the Chiefs defense did not do that much. <laughs> they, they basically allowed them to score almost on every single possession. It's yep. just that in the second half, they forced one punt and they, and they uh, forced one field goal. And it happened at the beginning of the – uh, beginning of the third quarter, end of the third quarter, and that was the key. That was the difference right there. Um, but wow! And and look at and now I got to ask you this: Did the Chiefs play a perfect second half? Because they had four possessions. It ended uh, five mm-hmm. minutes thirty seconds touchdown, four minutes forty one seconds touchdown, forty nine seconds touchdown, five minutes seven seconds field goal. That was the end of the game basically. So yeah. four possessions three touchdowns and a game-winning field goal. I mean, did they play a perfect second half? Yeah, I think, I mean, you can't ask for anything more perfect unless maybe substitute the field goal for a touchdown, then it'd be, I guess, perfect. But it was still perfect. They scored either way. Well, they could have gotten a touchdown, uh, I believe, but I think it was McKinnon, I think, who slid down at the one uh, in order to make sure that they could run out the clock. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, perfect. I mean, perfect. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I just, uh, I am uh, impressed. Uh, it's funny because – go ahead. I'm sorry. I hate to do this, but I have to give Philly credit too because there's a narrative out there saying they haven't played from behind all season. What, yeah. what can they do? And they yeah. fell down behind twice in that game and came back. So, like – Yeah, absolutely. You know, isn't it amazing, though, that both Kansas City and Philadelphia did not trail in any playoff game up to the Super Bowl? Neither That's team. Wild. Obviously, one of them had to trail eventually, and, and – and it turned out that the Chiefs ended up trailing all the way basically into the third quarter before this just firepower just unleashed. Uh, thanks to, I, I guess I got to give credit to Andy Reid for making all the right adjustments there. But like, mm-hmm. you know, wow, you know, I mean, it's it's amazing what and bust just haymaker after haymaker, thirty eight to thirty five. And it's funny because the over under started forty seven and a half, ended at fifty and a half, and I was like, that's really a lot of points. They hit seventy three. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. They blew that over under out of the water. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Um, so really crazy. The other thing I have to mention, uh, which I thought was interesting, was Travis Kelce because he was six for six for eighty-one yards, thirteen point five yards per catch. I mean, as the we talked about this, but the Eagles like to play the, the two split high safeties. If the four guys don't get there quick. 
that middle of the field, five to 15 yards on the field is completely open um, because those safeties are far back. So Travis Kelce, he loves to catch passes in that area, and he did exactly that. And at the time they decided to finally double him, guess what? Yeah. Jason Smith-Schuster steps up. So, yeah. I mean, like, as the Eagles, what could they have changed, do you think, in order to change the outcome of this game? Other than, of course, Jalen Hurts not fumbling. What else do you think they could have done in order to change the outcome of this game? Find a way to prey on a hurt quarterback. I yeah. mean, that was your narrative all season. You proved it. You backed it yeah. up. Like everybody hated going against you that couldn't do anything. You had you led the league in sacks. Like you tied the eighty-five Bears or came close to whatever that record. Yeah, was. yeah. Bears, okay, like you were and you played. People might say it's off schedule. It doesn't matter. Like they're NFL teams, NFL players. It is what it is. But you just. You just did not put your hands on Patrick Mahomes, who was the X factor in the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, obviously, and he was yep. injured. You should feast and pray on that dude, and, yeah. and then play Chad Henney for the rest of the game, and probably would have dogged the rest of the crap out of him. But like, yeah. Him. So I mean, you let the man run for 26 yards on a blown ankle, like <laughs> in a critical in a critical play in the end of the fourth quarter. Of all I mean, that games. Is- not yeah, of all games to not show up. You picked the Super Bowl, like <laughs> against a quarterback on one ankle, like come oh, on. Oh my gosh. The the legend of Patrick Mahomes just gets bigger and bigger. Yes, and it's so it funny be, because quite frankly, if Patrick Mahomes was playing any other team in the NFC, almost any other team in the NFC, maybe I wouldn't say this I guess I guess I would still want him to beat the Cowboys, but if they're playing yeah. any other team in the NFC, aside from the Cowboys and the Packers, I guess I'd want him to beat the Packers too. I would be I would be rooting against him, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But exactly. in this scenario, I was rooting for him, and wow, did he really come through? Uh, and he made he proved me wrong because I was on the Eagles bandwagon. Uh, I thought I didn't believe in them, and uh, and when I decided to believe in them, they let me down. So <laughs> there you go. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and hit the uh, boxing bell on this one because there is one more thing I want to talk about related to the Chiefs and the Eagles, and that's um, off season because there's a ton of unrestricted free agents on both teams, key players on both sides. And let's turn to the Eagles first, because they obviously want to reconstruct their team and get back to the Super Bowl, but they got a lot of key guys that are unrestricted free agents this year, including James Bradbury and Fletcher Cox and Andre Dillard, Marcus Apps, of course, and Jason Kelce, of course, and we don't know if he might actually retire. Um, and then uh, Zach Pascal came through a little bit. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott both are free agents. And Robert Quinn, who they got from the Bears this year, also an unrestricted free agent. You know, what are your thoughts here? with regard to the Eagles, are there any of these unrestricted free agents that you would prioritize um, prior to the March date? Oh, man. I like C.J. Garner-Johnson. Um, he was leading the league in interceptions before he got hurt, came mm-hmm. back, he was balling out in the Super Bowl, laying the wood everywhere. Um, but he had that really nice open field tackle against Pacheco, I think, in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, he yeah. A, a game-saving touchdown right there. So him – um, James Bradbury, yeah, you have the holding penalty, but before that, he's in lights out for them too. I'd keep him. Um, I keep Robert Quinn, that guy, young, still can get after the quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, and then I would, I would do anything. I'd go above and beyond before uh, CJ and get Jason Kelsey. I know he's mulling retirement, but I would give him whatever he wants on a silver platter if he wanted mm-hmm. to come back. I'd do that for him for sure because he is the heart and soul of the Eagles, I believe, offense. Starts yeah. with him. Um, he is balling. 
Yeah, he is balling. But as far as like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, if they want to stay for less money and just want to play because if they can't run it back, okay, cool. But if not, let them go. They're getting older as well. Um, they've both been there for probably 10 plus years, it seems like. So I wouldn't, if they wanted to leave, it's fine. Uh, same with Linville Joseph. He, he can go. Uh, Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew, you can get a back a quarterback anywhere. Zach Pascal, you can get a wide receiver three anywhere. Yeah, or Sanders, four or five. <laughs> or four or five, yeah. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, running back. That's a tricky one. Running. I mean, Miles Sanders was, was good. He's serviceable, but he's no Tony Pollard. Uh, he's injured a lot. And, I mean, you, I mean you're a Super Bowl. You, you get 16 yards on seven carries against um, a Chiefs defensive line that pretty much was not good against the run. So, it's like, I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. I mean, it's really interesting, though, right? Because Miles Sanders was so good during the regular season and so yeah. bad during the during the playoffs. I mean, he, he was right. outplayed by Kenneth Gainwell in both right. divisional games and, right. and the conference championship. Right. So you can do whatever. I like T.J. Edwards, young linebacker for them, too. I like him. Uh, oh, all right. You can get a everywhere. Um, punter, you can get a punter anywhere. <laughs> you can draft a I don't know if punters would agree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, high priority, mainly on the defensive side. Offense, you can you'll be fine if you lost Zach Pascal, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. I think you'll be just fine. And Gardner Minshew, I think you'll be you will not miss a beat if right. you lost with an offense. Yeah, so I honestly. I agree with that, and I honestly think they. I, see, listen, I like Miles Sanders. I think he's a good running back. Um, he didn't show up in the biggest stage. That's a shame, but he did have a pretty good season: one thousand two hundred sixty-nine rushing yards, fifth most in the NFL during the twenty twenty-two season. Uh, Eleven touchdowns, average four point nine yards per carry. Uh, so, I mean, he he was absolutely solid as a part of a backfield. But Kenneth Gainwell looks good, and he's under contract. And you and I feel like you're gonna have to pay too much to keep Miles Sanders. That's kind of my feel right now. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it some more thought, but being the Eagles, like you can get Boston Scott back for free, basically. I don't think Boston Scott has a big market. Miles Sanders is a pretty big market, I think, and, and you probably have to overpay to keep him. I, as the Eagles, you know, I would be happy with Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott and whoever else I get in free agency or in the draft. Yeah, that's, the, that's kind of how I feel about that. Let's switch yeah. over to the other side and talk about the Chiefs. What do you think about their, um, uh, their uh, free agents? Lots of good free agents there. Um, they got left tackle Orlando Brown. We got Juju, of course, and then you got uh, Derek Nandi uh, on the defensive tackle and Carlos Dunlap and Andrew Wiley on the uh, offensive line. Um, we, uh, Ronald Jones, who actually was a healthy scratch for most of the season. I mean, what do you think about any of these guys? Anyone you would prioritize in terms of the Chiefs? In the offseason, prioritize. If I'm looking at the list right now, I would prioritize Orlando Brown. Uh, he's right. a nice uh, left tackle. They got, he was, I liked him in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Excuse me, him and Ronnie Stanley on the left and right side. That was a good pair, but didn't work out. I liked him. The Chiefs picked him up. He's a great left tackle. So probably, yeah, prioritize him. Everybody else, though, you mentioned Smith Schuster. I like them. Serviceable. He got his ring. If he left, cool. We can replace them, obviously. We lost. Right. We Tyree Kill and we did we did without him, so he can go. Derek Nadi, defensive tackle, don't really know much of him. He can go. Carlos Dunlap, yeah. Serviceable, <laughs> you know. Like he's not a stud like he used to be. He's getting older as well. Chad Henney got his ring, he's done. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's done. <laughs> he, I love that. Don't you love that though? The retirement? I yeah, love I that for Chad Henney. 
<laughs> I do too. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, he got a playoff, victory, a playoff touchdown, and then the Super Bowl. Like he's he's riding high right now. Yeah, uh, I Ronald love it. Jones, I love it. Running back Ronald Jones, you can let him go. He was he's decent, but he's just not a good ball security guy. I mean, it's you know he couldn't even make the roster with an injured Clyde Edwards-Helaire. So like, you can let him go. Blake Bell tight end, you let him go. McCole Hardman, I like him. He's injured a lot. Yeah. And I he feel got Kadarius like Tony. I just don't feel exactly. like he's Hardman anymore. You, you know? Exactly. He's a good speed guy. He can latch on somewhere else. Safety yeah. Deion Bush, you can get a safety anywhere. Juan Thornhill, another safety, you can get a safety anywhere. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, ooh, that's a good one too. But like you yeah. said, got Kadarius Tony. So like you can keep him. You've got Edward Tolaire coming back, and you got Pacheco. You can let McKinnon go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you got if you got Claude Edward Tolaire healthy, and you got and we know what you got in Pacheco now. He was a steal, and he was absolutely outperformed in the postseason. Uh, there's no reason to to keep McKinnon, but uh, obviously McKinnon has personal relationships with Mahomes, so <laughs> we'll see right. how that see. plays and then, out. Uh, Justin Watson. You can get another receiver to back to take a spot too. So yeah, yeah, that I that wide like that's the thing is disposable, right? Their wide receivers yeah. are all disposable. Uh, I think Darius Tony, you got to keep, but everybody yeah. else can go. And in my opinion, <laughs> which is wild because like he had Tyreek Hill and he had Valdez Scantling, and it was like okay, these are studs. They all leave, and he gets dealt Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Justin Watson, and then who who was like wide receiver one. Who was it? Well, Marcus Valdez-Scantling was, was by default. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter who you put with Pat Mahomes. He's going to get you at least to the playoffs and make, and make your career. He might revive your career, which a young Tom Brady did that to, to some players back then. He's already getting comparisons yep. to Tom Brady. so Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Sky Moore is still there, um, and yeah, he's going to be sure. really cheap to hold on to. Maybe he'll develop over another year. Yeah, so a lot of good thoughts there. We'll see what happens. That's going to be fascinating to see how that is treated in the off season. And that brings us to the end of the show. Let's hit the air horn on the show. <laughs> Man, there's a little much to talk about. And we're going to have to break this down again. We're going to talk about more free agency elsewhere. By the way, I saw that Eric Bieniemy uh, tr- is going to be uh, interviewing for that OC position oh in Washington. God. What a great catch that would be. I have been refreshing Twitter all day. I've been checking all the news outlets all day. We had dinner there last night. He's in the facility today. Let's just hope that he wants to be there. He wants to be there. I know. I think he does. If he didn't, he wouldn't have taken the interview, right? Absolutely. I think he wants to be there, and I think that that would be the biggest get that the Washington Commanders can get in this offseason is Eric Biennemi. He should be a a head coach, honestly. Um, But you know what? Take advantage of it when you can. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I can't wait. So we'll see what happens. All right. Give us your uh, social media so people can follow you. Uh, on Twitter, at TrevHTTC. Instagram, Trev underscore stores. Uh, football garbage time right here. Hakun Wong, Record District. And George Carmi, full press coverage. All Let's right. Yeah, definitely catch all that stuff because, you can't. as I always say, you can't get enough Trev. You just can't. It's impossible. You can't get your fill. So go check out all those great places. Ref the District, fantastic full press coverage as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time, on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time webpage. And as usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy the offseason, and we're going to be back with a deep look at some offseason targets as well as the, the uh, draft 
a lot of things to talk about in the draft, and of course the combine, which is coming up just around the corner. So much more to talk about, so we'll see you for the rest of the season, and thank you for listening through so far.